many are they that rise up against me. Welcome back to the Hackberry House, a daily podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church of North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 207. It is July 5, 2015. Today, precious stories of precious people for whom you may want to pray this week. First, I have 10 secrets about North Korea from Open Doors. You know, to be a Christian is an unforgivable crime in North Korea. But against all odds, the church is growing. Here are 10 things that the North Korean government would rather people did not know. Number one, there are thousands of Christians in North Korea. Christianity is forbidden in North Korea. Despite this, it's estimated that there are between 200 and 400,000 believers. Of these, between 50 and 70,000 are held in Nazi-like concentration camps and prisons. Number two, Kim Il-sung came from a Christian family. The ruling dynasty founded by Kim Il-sung are worshipped like gods, but the great leader's grandparents were devout Christians. His mother was allegedly a church elder. His father was a devout Christian. His uncle was a pastor. Unsurprisingly, this fact is never mentioned. Number three, Christians still manage to worship together. Christians meet in small groups, often no more than two people. They worship in complete quiet, silently mouthing hymns and prayers. Sometimes two Christians meet in a remote place and share a Bible verse. That's their church. Number four, North Korea has a class system. This avowedly communist country has a rigid social classification system known as Songbun. All citizens are classed as either the loyal, the wavering, or the hostile. Songbun guides what job you do and how much food you get to eat. Number five, North Korea's economy is in collapse. Natural disasters such as floods and Typhoons have been exacerbated by economic mismanagement and corruption. Millions of people are without adequate food. Open Doors does what it can to help. In 2013, they sent food and medicine for 56,000 Christians inside North Korea. Number six, despite their poverty, North Korean believers look after the poor. In the years that I've worked with them, I got to know my brothers and sisters as faithful, said Chin Ho. They have just as little food as others, but they still reinstated the practice of holy rice, rice that is set apart for God. They share their food with people who have even less than them. Number seven, the church is growing. All North Korean Christians know that to choose to follow Jesus is to be prepared to face imprisonment, torture, and death. Yet, despite this, the church in North Korea is not just surviving, but growing. Open Doors helps North Korean Christians both physically and spiritually. Number eight, there's a growing North Korean refugee church in China. There are many North Korean refugees in China. Some are Christian or become Christian while there. Open Doors provides aid to some 3,000 North Korean refugees and their families. We also often offer pastoral care 
and discipleship training, especially among North Korean women hiding in China. It's dangerous work. There are spies everywhere, says Pastor Yoon, even in our churches on Sunday. Number nine, the North Korean church has a vision. A North Korean Christian told us one day our country will be opened and reunited with South Korea. Then the North Korean and South Korean church will work together with our Chinese brothers and sisters to evangelize Asia. That's going to be a hard, difficult task. We see the current persecution in North Korea as preparation for that time. Open Doors is helping them to prepare for that day. And number 10, Open Doors has a long history of working in North Korea. Through the grace of God, we are able to help Christians in North Korea. We cannot share how we work, but we can tell you what we do in North Korea to help our brothers and sisters survive physically and spiritually. They say, we don't know your names or your faces. Still, you support us. Thanks to you, we are holding on. No doubt, you'll be rewarded in heaven. Well, that's from Open Doors. And I'm sure you know as well as I do that Open Doors is not the only group going in. We shared from Crossing Borders last time, several times. And I, I don't want to pr particularly push any one group, you understand that. But I do want to share from these different groups what God is doing. And that God is still in North Korea. And that you can be a part of it by your prayer. And I welcome you to go to the Open Doors website. And it fails me at the moment. Uh, open Doors. Oh, there you go. Open Doors. This one happens to be opendoorsuk.org. There's an American one, too. You Google Open Doors, you'll find uh, several of them, probably, just like Voice of the Martyrs. Here's an article also from Open Doors. It's called, It's Time, Wake Up to Extreme Persecution. North Korea, the most secret Christians in the world. We're talking about a lady named Hai. By day, Hai learned about Kim Il-sung. That's the original leader. This is an older story. North Korea's beloved leader. But every evening, her grandmother told her about a different story. You must believe in Jesus, she said. You must not believe in Kim Jong-il or Kim Il-sung because of all the things in this world are useless. God created the world. She would point out of the window up to the sky. We have to go there, Hai remembers. Whenever she told us this, she was always sobbing. On Saturday night, visitors would arrive at Hai's family home, usually five or six of them, no more than ten. They stayed overnight and left the next day. Nobody took much notice. After all, everyone knew that Hai's father had a job that required him to meet a lot of people. But these visitors were Christians. Hai's home was a church. They would gather in a small room, Hai recalls. They read from the Bible, sang songs, but there was almost no sound coming from their mouths. They were almost silent. The other Christians didn't own a Bible. They shared books, which my grandmother had written by hand. She was the leader of the group and also the preacher. Her grandmother's most prized possession was a very old Chinese Bible, a forbidden object in North Korea. My grandmother hid her Bible in a basket where she placed her socks and other things. She hid it immediately if she heard someone coming to the house. Hai's job was to play outside and act as lookout. We had to watch out for other people. 
As soon as someone came near to our house, she said, I ran home to warn my grandmother. Well, then several years later, some different visitors arrived. Security forces raided our house during a worship meeting. Hai's father was arrested and taken away. When I came home, I expected my father to open the door. She says, he always greeted me as soon as I came back from school. He wasn't there. She never saw him again. Two weeks later, her grandmother passed away. Before she died, she told Hai's mother to fetch her Bible. We knew they were coming for us, Hai remembers. We had to burn it. My grandmother said it was okay, as long as we stayed true to our faith in God. But when the flames devoured the pages, my grandmother wept intensely. Every day in the camp was torture. Um, we are. She's gone to the camp now. They've arrested her, taken her to the camp. Um, no, excuse me. That uh, I'm reading another story here. Let me continue on with High's story. High's family were fortunate, actually. Instead of being sent to a labor camp, they were deported to a remote mountain area. Many people died of starvation. We were somewhat better off than the others because we lived close to the mountains where we could find plants and trees. We were grateful that God had saved our lives. The only scriptures she had were those she and her sister could remember. My sister wrote whatever she remembered on paper, hid it somewhere in secret. She would look at those papers whenever she was going through difficult times. The scariest sound was the sound of cars in the middle of the night. They were Hardly any cars where we lived. Every time we heard a car, we thought they had come to take us away. Next morning, people would peek through the window and look at the chimneys of other houses to see if any family was missing. For more than ten years, the family lived like this. And then one day, a man showed up at their door. He said he had been sent to find them by a Chinese pastor, who they used to know and who had somehow found out where they were. The family was suspicious. We thought he was a secret agent, said Hai. We wanted to send him back. However, he had walked almost four hours to come to our house, so we listened to him. The visitor called their pastor friend in China on his mobile phone. It really was him. He urged Hai and her family to try to come to China, where there were many North Korean defectors in their church. Hai did not want to leave her elderly mother, but her mother urged her to go. I was sure I would never see her again. I, I would not cry outside the house or someone could become suspicious. In recent years, the Chinese authorities have become less tolerant of North Korean escapees, but with help, Hai eventually managed to make her way past the barbed wire, the electrified fences, and the military patrols, across the river to China, where the pastor and his wife were waiting for her. One of the first things the pastor and his wife did was take her to church. She could hear the sound of people singing. Can people really sing so loud? She asked anxiously. As soon as she set foot inside the church, she burst into tears. So many things shot through my head. I, I couldn't stop thinking about my grandmother and my father. Oh, they would have longed for this service. So goes that story. There's another story that's in here. I was just about to read it a minute ago. Every day in the camp was torture. This is from Heu, Heu's story. People were dying and their corpses were burnt. 
The guards scatter the ashes over the road. We walked that road every day. Each time I thought, one day the other prisoners will walk over me. Heu ended up in a North Korean labor camp after being arrested in China. She had fled there as a refugee and become a Christian. The refugee church is the biggest and fastest growing North Korean church. But someone betrayed her. The Chinese authorities returned her to North Korea and she was sent to a re-education camp, as they call it. God helped me to survive, she said. Not only that, he gave me a heart to evangelize other prisoners. I was too scared to do it. I would die if they caught me, but God gave me a feeling. That person, that person, tell him. They saw the spirit working in me. Sometimes I gave some of the little rice I got to others. And when people were sick, I went to them and helped them with washing their clothes. She founded a secret fellowship of Christians. I could only share what I knew and the Bible verses I remembered. On Sundays and on Christmas Day, we would gather in secret places like the restroom, the washroom. We'd, we'd have a short worship meeting. I taught them hymns and we sang softly. After several years in the camp, Ewu was released. The guards never found out about her faith. She escaped the country, eventually made it to South Korea. Then there's Yun Hee. She was one of the many desperate North Koreans who risked the dangerous river crossing to China. Often they are not intending to escape permanently, but to maybe get some money and some food and take it back into North Korea. Yun Hee found shelter and food at a safe house operated by Open Doors Contacts, where she became a believer. When she returned to North Korea, she set up a secret church in her home. She was so enthusiastic about her faith, says her son Kang, who fled North Korea a few years ago. For years, Yun Hee continued with these journeys, making visits to an Open Doors safe house in China, where she received the training and support necessary to reach out to the struggling Christian community near her home. She had a big heart for the poor, says Kang. She came back with clothes, food, and medicines, and she gave those away to the other Christians. Kang began to fear that the police were getting suspicious. He fled to China and called his mother. You need to leave too. It's too dangerous to stay. God has called me to stay here and be his witness, Yunhe replied. I cannot leave the other Christians behind. Inevitably, the police searched Yunhe's house, and they found a Bible. She was taken away. Later, she died in prison. Well, happy, happy Sunday morning to you. I don't mean it to be too ironic or too... Uh, well, I don't mean it to be bad. At the same time, we are happy in here, and we're happy in the Lord. We ought to be. But uh, our brothers and sisters, those are old stories, understood. But the stories continue, and in some cases have gotten much worse. Um, contact Open Doors, contact Crossing Borders, Voice of the Martyrs, International Christian Concern. Ask how you can help. There are ways that you can give money, you can pray. There's different things you can do. But whatever you do, find a way to get involved. Ask God if there's something else beyond what the groups are saying. I do this every day. God, how can I help these people? How can I help these people? How can I remember the prisoners as you said to? God has given me the grace to eat a little bit less, you know. 
to pretend I'm with them. That, that's the best I can do. Remember them by pretending that you're with them. And who, who can imagine, really, though, what they're really suffering? But, but you, could, you could start something. You could put aside something for these people to remember them. Remembering also that you're not beyond all this persecution. Slowly but surely, our own country goes the wrong direction and is getting set up for some difficult times. But um, remember them now. Remember them now. You'll be glad you did, I believe, on that day. Well, tomorrow we go back to some Bible questions and answers. But meanwhile, pray for North Korea. In Psalm 3.1, many are they, said the psalmist, and say the Christians in North Korea, many are they that rise up against me.